Hey, we are in a series on the book of Philippians. Every once in a while, we as a teaching team just decided, hey, you know what? I think this would be a good time to kind of go verse by verse and kind of break apart a book of the Bible. We don't do that always. We like to mix it up here and there. Um, But we are in the middle of a series where we are actually taking the book of Philippians and kind of breaking it apart verse by verse. Before I jump into that, though, uh, I need to make a quick announcement Um, In the fall of last year, many of you know that have been around here for that long, um, we announced that Matt and Aubrey Greaser, who are our kids' pastors, um, were being led by the Lord to go work with the apparel company in him. And so they moved their family to California, and so it left an open position for our kids' pastor. Um, We didn't know exactly what God was doing, so Dan and Tina and... Um, Janelle actually graciously came together and kind of partnered and kind of um, took over all of, minist- all of the kids' ministry from zero uh, to sixth grade or to fifth grade. And they have done that, an incredible job um, as we have just been waiting on the Lord to bring us um, his next step in regards to our kids' pastors. I'm just quickly going to announce, we don't have all the details, it kind of just happened um, and we kind of get it finalized just on this Tuesday, but we have found our kids' pastors. And you are going to absolutely love this couple. Interestingly enough, they came right around the same time that Matt and Aubrey uh, made it known to us that they were going to be leaving. I think their kids actually only were in with Matt and Aubrey one weekend, if if that. Um, But I I can't wait to be able to tell you all of the details and all the things that God is doing. Um, But I'm just here to tell you, this family is absolutely amazing. Um, They've got three little kids. Their littlest one is named Adam. And if you've ever met Adam, you will never forget him. Um, He is absolutely an incredible joy. Um, But uh, we will go more into details on all all of this. The first weekend in June, we're actually going to have just a big, like like I said, Pastor Peter will be teaching. We're going to kind of transition all of these things and give you all of the things that God has been doing in the middle of that. But I wanted to make you aware of that because I know many of you have already been uh, praying for us. The new couple coming in, their name is Stephen and Joanne Larson. So you can be praying for them. Um, Like I said, uh, they are amazing. Can you tell I'm excited about this? I'm excited about it. It would be a bummer if I got up and said, yeah, we found our kids pastors. All right, let's move on. We are super excited about it. So it's going to be just absolutely amazing. Uh, Join, get our newsletter, uh, shinechurch.life slash news, if you want to get more information about this, because we'll be sending out as we learn more, as we hear from God, we'll be sending more information out on that. So, all right, moving into the message. If you are new here, um, if you've never been here, we want to say thank you for joining us. Sit back and enjoy what God has for you. We do things uh, differently, a little differently here uh, in the middle of the message, and that is that while I'm teaching, I will ask questions, and I actually expect answers back. Um, I want to have some interaction with um, you, so that it's not just me speaking, and that I'm just a talking head to you, to you, but that you actually get an opportunity to think and to ask questions and and give comments and those kind of things. Um, and so we'll be doing that here in just a little bit. I'm going to open up with a word of prayer, um, and we are tackling Philippians two verses twelve through thirty today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive and it is active. And right now, God, we come to you and ask that you um, would just continue to take this service over. We thank you for the worship and the fact that your presence was here. We ask that you would now um, 
take over this time. Um, Lord, I pray that you would increase in me, that I would decrease, and that the words that I speak would be from your Holy Spirit and not from my flesh. Lord, I pray that as I communicate these words, that it would penetrate into open and fertile soil. God, I come against the enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, that wants to steal away the word that you have for every person listening to me right now. And so, Lord, we open our hearts, and we ask that you would speak life to us. Give us a new understanding. May we know you better than when we walked in here. May our lives be changed. May it not just be another speech or another message we hear, but may it be something that is life-giving, that changes our hearts and our lives and the way that we think about you and the way that we interact with you from this day forward. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right. Uh, I'm going to just tell you right now, um, these first two verses is going to be probably a majority of the morning. Uh, because they're so rich and actually, I think, sometimes so misunderstood or maybe, um, maybe I had talked to one person and they just said, yeah, I don't even read those two verses anymore because I don't get them. Um, and so I, I'm hoping uh, that that will not be the case after we go through this. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read verse 12 and verse 13, and I want you to pay attention to what sticks out to you because in just a moment, I'm going to ask you, what jumped off of the screen um, or what resonated in your ears as I was reading these verses. You can follow along with your Bible, obviously, or if you have the Version app on your phone, you can go to events on that and you'll find Shine Church and the scripture and the notes will be right there. Um, but we're going to read Philippians 2 verses 12 through 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. I'm gonna read it one more time. And remember, what jumps out to you here? Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. What jumps out in those two verses? What kind of just was highlighted by the Holy Spirit as I was reading through that? Yes, young man. Fear and trembling. Okay, Rob's going to run around with the microphone. Say it one more time. Fear and trembling. What about that jumped out to you? Uh, maybe how they're supposed to be afraid. Okay, or we're gonna. That's really afraid. good. How old are you? Uh, Twelve. Twelve. You want to come up and give the rest of the message? Because that is good right there. I love that. Yeah, he's gonna do it. Love that. That's so good. Somebody else. We're gonna talk about that in just a minute. Somebody else. Yep. I'll just repeat. Go ahead. Man, I'm so glad you said that. We're going to talk about that. Where he said, okay, so he says it this way. Um, as you have always been, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Uh, get a picture of this. Uh, how many of you 
um, have ever done something with a mentor, somebody you looked up to and you're with them and because you're with them, you are on your best behavior and you do what you know they're expecting you to do. But then when you're with, not with them, maybe not so much. I, let me give you an example. Um, I know that um, I have golfed with people that when they're golfing with me, they do not say words that they normally would say when they're golfing. Huh? Uh, yeah, I can't go into those, Pastor Rob. I can't tell you what kind of words those. But that's, that's real good. So we'll talk about that. I love that. Somebody else. What else jumped out? Right here, Rob? Oh, sorry. Now that you're right, right there. Yes. Um, I have a bit of a different version, but it says, it, I find it encouraging that it says, for God is working in you, giving you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. Read it again. I have the New Living Translation. Okay. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. And it just pops out as almost like, you know, finishing with hope to that. Um, what's the word? I don't know. But anyway. Well, the fact that he's, it's him, him, him working in us, yes? Somebody said last night that it actually ties in with chapter one where it says he is faithful to complete the work he began. Um, I've never thought about that. And I love this interaction part because you guys bring out things that I didn't even think about or study, uh, but they brought out the fact that in chapter one, it says it's his work that he began. Aren't you glad that he does it? It's not something we have to do. It's what he does. And he continues to work it out. And I love that. Love that. Somebody else, something else that jumped out in that. Anybody? All right, let's tear, let's tear this apart a little bit. Um, therefore, I'm going to stop right there. Going word by word. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> therefore, um, if you look that word up in the Greek, it, there's an actual, an interesting little definition that I think is very good. And, um, and I want, and I hope you'll never... Never not think this way when you're reading the word and you see this word, therefore. Therefore actually means this, to connect the dots. To connect the dots. You remember those connect the dots where you go one to two to three to four, you know? How many kids in here love connect the dots? You guys, yeah, my wife said yes, yeah. And, and what's interesting is you have a bunch of dots, right? And the picture, you have no idea what the picture is. It's just a bunch of dots with numbers on it. But then once you start to connect the dots, what happens is you begin to get a picture. And so I love that because the word of God, as we begin to connect the dots, gives us a picture of what God wants us to look like. Isn't that good? Yeah. And so therefore, all right, so in order to understand where we're going, we have to understand what the first 12 verses or 11 verses were. Um, if you remember, if you went to your house church, um, we talked about chapter two, one through 11, and here was the context that if you have any encouragement, if you have received anything, if there is anything that is joyful that from the Lord, then, and it gives us a couple things that we're supposed to do, and then the example in verse four and five is that have the same attitude of Christ. And do you remember what that attitude was? That he humbled himself, even though he was king of kings and lord of lords, he humbled himself, putting himself lower than all people, serving us to the point of even dying for our sins. Therefore, 
Okay, in other words, he's asking us to take the mind and the attitude of Christ, humbling ourselves, considering one another better than ourselves, looking out for the interests of other people, not ours, and therefore, my friends, as you have always obeyed. Now, obeyed, that word actually means to listen. If you look it up, it means listen with obedience. Okay, you cannot obey God without hearing him first. Oh, get this, because some people try to obey, try to do all these things they think God wants them to do, but if you don't hear from God first, you cannot obey. Oh, get this, this is good stuff right here. And I think it's completely freeing because the responsibility is not on you to do things, it's on him to tell you what to do. And then all you have to do is once you've heard, you step out in obedience. That's a good amen right there, so... Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but what I have experienced in 25 years of ministry is a lot of people don't like this verse. Um, how, how do I work out my salvation? Um, what does fear and trembling look like? Am I supposed to be afraid of God? I, I, don't even, I, I don't even know and can't fully comprehend what all of that means. Um, I'm hoping that after this morning, you will walk out of here and this verse will never trouble you again. Because I don't think God wants us to be afraid of a verse or to not understand what it is, but he wants us to grab a hold of the intention. And so I'm going to start breaking this apart. It says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to, his, to fulfill his good pleasure. All right. So first, I'm going to define fear and trembling. Fear comes from the word phobia, which means to be in terror. Okay, so there's not any kind of weird, well, maybe it's respect, and, and yeah, there's a respect to it, but it actually means, if you look this up, it means to be afraid, it means to be terror, filled with terror. Trembling means to be shaking with terror. So fear and trembling. It's kind of an interesting um, little section because it, there's a lot, there's that fear, that terror, that trembling, it, it's an interesting picture. Um, understanding that, Let's work backwards. Work out. That word work out means this, to work down to the end point, to work to completion, to bring all things in order, to bring all things under and finish what is, has been started, okay? In verse 13, where it says, for, God, for it is God who works, the word works means this, going from one stage to another, to another, to another. And so I want to give you this picture as we start to connect the dots. God is saying, look, I will keep going from stage to stage to stage in your life. I will help you do this as I work out, as you work out your salvation. The workout is the completed. So there's two different works there, a completed work and a work that goes on and on and, and on and on. All right, you get the difference there? Salvation. I'm going to put all this together here in just a second. Salvation. Salvation is this. God, God's rescue, which delivers believers out of destruction and into his safety. God's rescue, which delivers believers out of destruction and into his safety. Okay, um, let me just ask you. Is salvation 
is salvation done or do we need to still work it out? Huh? You said, wow. Okay. Anybody want to be bold enough? Is it worked out already or do we need to keep working it out? Yes. Okay. We need to work out our half of it. That's a great response. Hey, listen, I would submit to you that God is done. God's rescue has been completed. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that we could have this salvation. And what Paul is encouraging the church in Philippi to do is to understand that salvation has been done. It's been worked out. It's been taken care of. Your job, though, is to make sure that salvation that has been done and completed is put into every area of your life. Is it in the area of your relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents? Is it in the area of your coworkers, your relationship with your coworkers, your neighbors? Is it in the way you drive? I'm gonna get a drink while you ruminate on that. Church, this is what I believe God is trying to communicate to us. Jesus has accomplished this work. Verse 13 says, and it is him, God, who takes us from stage to stage to stage to stage. It's interesting because in that verse it says, for it is God who works in you to will. The word will means wanting what is best because someone is ready to act. God's desire. If you think God is angry at you, you are mistaken. God is not angry. His heart, his will is that you would have his best. Don't ever, I I pray that if you think God is angry, that you would walk out of this place with an understanding. He's not mad at you. He wants the best for you. Man, listen, if you think God doesn't want the best for you, you're going to make decisions based on that thinking that are offline, that are off-center, that are out of balance. So grab a hold of this today. God wants the best for you. Do you believe that? Take that in, receive that, believe it with all your heart. God wants the absolute best for you. Jesus said, I came to give life and life in abundance. So we have to understand that God takes us from stage to stage to stage. Why? Because he wants the best for us. And it finishes by saying, in order to fulfill his good purpose, or in some translations it says, to his good pleasure. So get a picture Not only does he want the best, but it brings him great pleasure to take us from stage to stage to stage. And so here's what I would submit. What God is actually saying here is he wants us to take the completed work of salvation and put it into every area of our life and be afraid to not do that. Not because we fear him, but because we're afraid to not have him in every area of our life. Oh, isn't that good? See, we can take this from a legalist approach. We can take this from a thing that says, okay, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And we can put the burden on us and go, we have to do all these things. And if I don't do them, then I have to fear God. And that's, that's a terrible place to be because you and I will never live up to what he is.
Never, we're finite, he's infinite. We'll never live up to his glory, his holiness, his justice, his mercy, his grace. We will never live up to those things. So when we put it on our own to do this, we'll never match up. But if we take it from another view where we go, I am afraid, I have fear and trembling that I haven't included Jesus in all areas of my life because we miss out on the blessing and the favor and the grace that he has for us. Isn't that good? I hope that's freeing for you because when it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling, I would submit it this way. We need to take the mindset that every area of our life, all those that I mentioned, including driving, we need to allow God to put his salvation into those areas. So here's what the question is for your prayer life. God, what area today, what stage are you taking me today as you do your work? What area are you asking me to apply your salvation into my life? And then when we hear him, we obey it. Isn't that good? And I love what Paul said at the beginning that the church in Philippi not only when Paul was there were the people doing this, but now much more in his absence. He was saying that you started this while I was there. I have left and I've heard reports that you continue to do this. And here's what I love about Shine Church is I'm starting to hear reports of you guys asking Jesus into their life and doing incredible things and none of us are there. You're just doing it because you love him and you're letting God take you from stage to stage to stage. So good, so awesome. All right, A.W. Tozer says this, and I thought this was such a great quote. He says, the greatness of God rouses fear within us. So when you actually comprehend and think about how great God is, his holiness, do you know that it says in the Old Testament that if any human being were to see his face, they would die instantly? I promise you this, if God showed up in this room, not a single one of us would be in our seat. We would be down on the ground. We would be shaking with fear and trembling because of the holiness, because of who he is. Every time an angel appeared to somebody in the Bible, they fell on their face. Why? Because God is holy. He is holy. And I love what A.W. Tozer said, the greatness of God rouses fear within us, but his goodness encourages us not to be afraid. And he goes on, he says, to fear and not be afraid. That is the paradox of faith and is the goodness of God, is that we would have an understanding, an, a reverence for him, but understanding that he is a loving father that wants to be our friend. How cool is that? How cool is that? And that he just wants to be a part of every part of our lives. All right, moving on. Well, first, questions, thoughts? Giving pause because a lot of thinking. Yes, Melanie, hold on. I'm going to give you the microphone here, or Rob is. Uh, a thought I had that uh, as we continue to work out our sort of salvation with fear and trembling, I think, um, I believe in, in my life, that when the Holy Spirit convicts me of what I should be doing, it's for my good 
not only because I'm pleasing him, but it's protecting me because if I step outside of the direction of the Spirit of God, I've taken a step to opening the door for the enemy to come in and lead me further and further and further. So, I mean, I, that, that's my fear and trembling, that it, I'm going to blow it. Ex exactly, that I'm going to miss out on God's goodness in this area. That's the fear and trembling. That, I believe, that's what God's saying. Have this fear and trembling that I'm not involved in that area of your life. Because that opens the door for the enemy, a, a, a deceiving world. That's, I love that. It's good. Anybody else? Questions or comments? Up here. I like what you said a little while ago, like that um, this scripture with fear and trembling, a lot of time it's looked at with a little bit of dread. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a big contrast about how, how God used to be looked at as kind of like so, kind of someone who was cracking the whip at us mm -hmm. instead of, but what I always like about this scripture is instead, I think it's almost like saying, this is so important for you. I cannot stress it enough. And I think yes. someone who loves us and wants the best for us, like a parent is saying, Hey, this is so important. Pay attention. And I love that part of the scripture. Mm, I love that too. I, and I don't know why this came to my mind while you were speaking that. But what I love about this is that, again, it's him that does this work. He's doing this in us. It, that should take the burden and the responsibility off of you. If you're if you're weighted down by trying to be good enough or trying not to do certain things, or whatever, I, I don't think that's, that's what God's desire. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, take my yoke, it's light and it's easy. Okay, how do we do that? We let him do the work. Our part is to listen. Our part is to listen and hear. And when we do that, then he takes us from place to place to place. And here's the beauty of it. None of us arrive. I wish I could pray and everybody would be fully mature today. That would be great. But that just doesn't happen that way. What happens is we go from stage to stage to stage as he works and he is faithful to complete the work in us that, that takes place. Love that. Anybody else before I move on to the next verse? Right up front here. By the way, I love having you three up here. This is awesome. You're setting an example for these older fogies that, you know, hopefully next week they'll take this front row and you can't get it, but I love the fact that you're right here. Um, so one thing I was just going to say is just um, for, I guess, a personal experience is just that in my life it feels like so much of the time I'm like, God, I, I want to obey you, but how do I do that? Um, and so it's just like can be really confusing. And I think one thing that I'm learning is just obviously I have so much going on, just like so much that I'm learning and a lot of responsibility that I'm taking on. And it's kind of like God just is just telling me that it's his responsibility. He's like, don't worry about it. It's my responsibility. And it's like you just have to take what he has given you. Like he's given us that choice to choose him. And so for me, it's just like when I, when I am like, God, I want to obey you. He's like, all right, well, it's just the choice. That's all I care about. It's just that your choice to do that. And it'll look different in every situation. For so every person too. Oh yeah, for and, every person. And here's the beauty of what you're saying. And I hope everybody will get this. We have a choice. You have a choice. You can receive this and you can apply what God is saying here in your life, or you can go out and live 
how everybody else in the world lives. We get the choice. God is such a loving father, gracious father, um, compassionate father, that he says, hey, I'm not going to impose myself on you, but you get the choice, okay? Now, here's the next verse, Philippians 2, 14 and 18. There is something that he tells us to do in order for this to happen as we continue to connect the dots. Uh, I'm just telling you right now, you're not going to like this. <laughs> Philippians 2, 14. Do everything. Okay, on the count of three, I want everybody to say that word. One, two, three. Everything. I know. Come on, say it with a little more gusto. One, two, three. Everything. Okay. Uh, what does everything make up? Everything. Makes up everything, right? Uh, it's hard to get away from this right here. If I actually looked it up trying to get away from it. <laughs> word in the Greek literally means all, each, Every, the whole, you look up the definition even more, and it says every part that makes up a whole. Okay, everything. Moving on. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. <laughs> How you doing? You know, I've always been taught that when you give a message, try to come from the positive angle and not use the negative side of things. So uh, I'm going to ask for your help. Um, because I want to come from the positive side, but I'm not fully sure how to do this. Um, when, when I looked up the word grumbling, it means to murmur. When I looked up the word arguing, it means to dispute. Um, what is the opposite of grumbling? Huh? Thankfulness. Thankfulness. Love that. Praising. Praising. Okay, love that. Joy. Love that. Smile, <laughs> smile, absolutely. Boy, you can do this, or you can, uh, yeah. Okay, I love those words, okay, that's good. Okay, what is the opposite of arguing? Getting along? What did somebody else say? Agree? Listening? Compliance? Complimenting? I don't like some of these words. And I don't think that God is asking us to completely agree with everything. Um, I was talking to my wife, and my wife actually said to be at peace with everybody. I was like, ooh, I love that, honey. That's good. Here's the, the point. There is something to how we choose to handle the world around us that actually will enable us to let God take us from stage to stage to stage or hinder that process. And what Paul is saying is grumbling and arguing hinder where God wants to take us. And so I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, and I don't want anybody to speak to this right now, but how are you doing in this? How have you done the last year? Because we live in a world right now that all that's happening is grumbling, murmuring, and arguing and disputing, yes? And unfortunately, that has entered into the church. And it is happening in the church. And shine, we need to be above this. We need to say, God, what area of salvation do you want me to put into my life? And when it comes to something that there's disputing, that there's an opportunity to grumble, Holy Spirit, help me to position myself where I will be thankful, I will be joyful, and I will 
be at peace with everybody that's talking, and I will not grumble, and I will not complain, and I will not argue or dispute. And this, my friends, for me, is difficult. I'm just going to be transparent. This is hard because I have my own opinions and I have my own thoughts, and then I want to dispute and argue, and if you don't agree with me, I will absolutely grumble. (laughs) Actually, I feel I'm pretty good at the grumbling aspect of things, and then I'm really good at the arguing. You get the difference there? All right, listen as it goes on. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless, and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped, a warped, warped, warped and crooked generation. Why is it warped and crooked? Could be warped and no, sorry. <laughs> and crooked. No, just says, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Listen to this. Then you will shine. Hey! That's a great name for a church. Um, Then you will shine among them like stars in the skies as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then he goes on, and then I'll be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Okay, couple things. When we understand that God will take us from stage to stage to stage as we apply salvation to the areas that he's telling us to, what happens is if we'll do it without grumbling, without arguing, then we begin to shine. Why do we shine? Because we understand the promises of this book and we are following the guidelines of this book. If you're not reading this book, start reading this book because it is filled with things that will help you to understand the stage that God wants to take you next. As you read the word, it'll come alive and active, and and the Holy Spirit will say, hey, I want you to put this salvation into this area today. And you'll be like, okay, I'll do it. And then you do it without grumbling, without arguing, and you begin to shine. In a world that is warped and crooked right now, let me just simply ask you, are you bringing light into that world, or are you letting the warpedness and the crookedness penetrate into your life? Where are you? Because we're supposed to shine. And it's not about us making ourselves shine. It's about us allowing God to take us from stage to stage to stage, not grumbling, not arguing, but letting our light shine so that the warped and crooked generation can see the goodness of God. And then he says, you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Glad means this, to rejoice to experience God's grace and favor. Rejoice, I never knew this. Rejoice means to congratulate. It means sharing God's grace with another person, mutually participating in God's favor. And so let me try to sum this up and we'll almost finish here. I put this paragraph that kind of ministered to me. I hope it ministers to you. If we live our lives with a fear of not having God in every area, 
letting him take us from one stage to the next according to his purpose and his pleasure, not grumbling or arguing, but holding to his word, we will experience his grace and favor and we'll be able to share it with others. I'm gonna read it one more time. If we live our lives with a fear of not having God in every area, letting him take us from one stage to the next according to his purpose and pleasure, not grumbling or arguing, but holding to his word, we will experience his grace and favor and be able to share it with others. Church, let's live this way. Let's live this way. Let's have this holy fear and trembling missing out on God. Not a holy fear and trembling of who he is. Yes, he's holy, but man, he doesn't want us to be afraid. And so if that's the case, he wants us to be afraid of missing him. And let's do that and apply it into our life. Let's stop grumbling. Let's stop arguing. And let's start applying the word of God to our lives, every area of our lives. Drive differently this week. Let's start there. Boy, those people with the shine stickers, they're amazing. They always let me in. <laughs> if you want a sticker, I'll get you one. All right, I'm going to quickly go through the end of this chapter. Philippians 2, 19 through 24. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna read that again. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. Two things real quick. Just simply going to ask you this question. Whose interests are you looking for? Are you looking out for your interest? For your family's interest? Or are you looking out for the interest of Jesus Christ? And this is an incredibly powerful decision. Be people that choose Jesus over yourself. My prayer, as I was reading through this, my prayer for you is that you would choose Jesus over your interests more today than you did yesterday, more tomorrow than you do today, and so on and so forth. So forth. Be a people that choose Jesus over yourself. Where's all the amens here? Come on. I, I get it, but man, bring this in. If you don't hear anything else for this morning, this one right here will change your life. If you would be very conscious, you put it on your steering wheel and your mirror, choose Jesus, not me. But it's tough. Dan DeMay loves to choose him more than Jesus a lot of times. But may I choose him more today than I did yesterday and so on and so forth. Second thing is this. There clearly is a mentor father son relationship in this section of scripture and i don't have enough time to go into it but i will sim simply say this um, i believe 
that God has given us an example here with Paul and Timothy, but all, all through scripture and encourages a relationship with somebody who can sharpen you and somebody that you can sharpen. I believe that Paul knew Timothy so well that he saw his blemishes, he saw his uh, blind spots, he saw his weaknesses, and he could challenge him and sharpen him in those areas. And because of that, he said he's like a son as I have fathered him in our belief. And I want to encourage every single one of you, if you do not have somebody that can sharpen you, find someone that can. Ask them to get involved in your life. Ask them to help you to understand what God is doing in your life, stage to stage to stage. Because I, I, making a very educated guess here, but I believe that Paul helped Timothy understand what stage God was working on as he matured in his faith. And at the same time, I believe Timothy was taking other people that were younger in their faith and challenging them to go to the next level. And so get people in your life that can sharpen you and that you can sharpen. Ask the Holy Spirit to tell you who those people are and then be bold and be courageous and step out and ask those people to sharpen you and ask them, hey, can I get involved and help you in your walk with the Lord, okay? Last section, verse, or or the chapter, Philippians 2, 25 through 30. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare me my sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Two things real quick and then we'll finish. The first one is this. Paul had anxiety. Maybe it's just for me, but I always read about Paul in the letters and I think, man, if I could only be perfect like Paul. Dude, this guy worried. I'd never seen this before. As I was reading through it, I was like, oh my gosh, he had anxiety about this whole situation. If he had it, oh my gosh, that makes me feel better when I have it. Anybody? This is the guy that in the next chapter, and we'll be teaching on it, he says, don't worry about anything. Ah, How can you say that, you hypocrite? Here's the beauty of it. It just, I love the word of God because it shows the humanity, the realness. You want to know why this is absolutely the word of God, inspired by God? Because if it was written by a man, Paul would never have exposed his anxiety. Because he would have been betrayed as a perfect person so that his message could be given. No, Paul was just a person just like you and I. He struggled with worry and anxiety, and yet he also taught us don't have it. I love that. I hope that's encouraging and comforting for somebody. Second thing is this. Um, The church in Philippi clearly sent people out to go help what Paul was doing. And I just want to encourage Shine Church. And I want you to pray through this. But I believe that we should be a church that are sending people out of here. 
We can send people globally. We can send people nationally. We can send people locally. Not all of us are called to go out on the missions field. Some of you may be. And if you are, let me know because we want to send you out. But I want you to pray about even your resource and your finances because what the church in Philippians or Philippi did is they actually funded him, sent him so that he could help Paul do his work. And that is what we're called to do as a church, not just be about us here at Shine Church, but we're supposed to be about us and sending out into the world. And if you don't feel a call to go out to the world, then get behind somebody that is and help them make their job easier. And so in June, we're actually going to have a missions weekend where the missionaries that we support on a regular basis, we're going to give them um, time to share their heart, their vision, what they're doing. You know, at the end of the year, we actually kind of gave a report on how much funds that have gone out. But this, in June, we want to give a report on what's happening and the vision and um, the testimonies of what is taking place. I hope you will not miss that weekend because um, it's just going to be a great weekend. We'll tell more information as we come, but um, we are excited about that because we want to be a church that sends out as well. And I think that's what Paul is teaching and sharing as a part of what he's saying to the church of Philippi. So, good? All right. Before I wrap up with prayer, any comments, any thoughts, questions that anybody has? You know, I never want anybody to leave confused or with, well, what did he mean by that? And so I hope that you will always have the boldness and the courage to say, okay, I do have one thing that I'm, I'm confused about. So anyone? All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the fact that, God, you are a, a God that didn't just put us on the planet and said, good luck. <laughs> you are a God that has put us here with a purpose and a plan, and you have begun the work in us, and now you are going to take us from stage to stage to stage. And so, Lord, help us. As I read it, help us to do these three things. Number one, listen to you in the area that we're supposed to take salvation and put it into our life that day. Number two, God, we do it without grumbling and we do it without arguing. And number three, God, we get into your word so that we can learn more about you, so that we can learn more about what you have for us, so that we can learn more about the favor and the grace and the mercy and the justice that you want us to understand so that we could have a complete picture of the fullness of the purpose and plan that you have for each one of us. And so, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would now come into everybody's heart, everybody's mind, everybody's home, and just continually remind us about this good word. May we, may we have this healthy fear and, and trembling of missing out on you, on missing out on what you have for us, the best that you have in mind for us. God, help us to grab a hold of you so that the world can grow strangely distant and that we are getting influenced by your spirit more so than the world. And then, Lord, let us shine like lights into a hurt and lost world.